how about Captain Marvel? Marvel. It's all discovered the hero she could become, and then she decks an old lady in the <laughs> face. <laughs> She punches the old lady right in I love how, here's the funny thing. So if you notice, if you watch the trailer, there's no action of her fighting an enemy. The only action <laughs> scene is her punching an old lady on the bus that says, discover what makes a hero. And apparently it's punching the elderly. Oh, now, oh, I so could good. give you context for that and describe it, but I don't want to because I think it's better to just say Captain Marvel went on a bus <laughs> and punched a defenseless old lady in the face and said, this is what makes a hero. And I go, that's right. Punching old- <laughs> she socks her right in the face. And think of it. That's the only action sequence is her punching an elderly lady right in oh, the jaw. So good. And you know what? That's what Obamacare got us. Thanks, Obama. Hashtag. I love wing. But we I should start. Listening, so. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's yeah, go. we should get started. Since you're lighting a cigar, I'll do it. Welcome to Tales from the Ditch. Starring. Sean. Starring. Seth Wilds here. Starring. And guesting. Guesting. Guesting? Guest. <laughs> Guest starring. Guest. Guesting. Grud. Good Grud. Guard. Guard. Prom. Guest starring. I got prom again. Prom. Happy to bring him back. Good friend. Um. Violent vigilante at night, <laughs> laborer during the day, cuddler on weekends. Tony Clark, right. good to have him back. Good yeah, to have him. Going on, fellas. Pastor George Velarde, by the way, if you could text me back, you said you were going to come on the show. Give you us. You know, a I date. confronted George. I said, "Hey, Seth's been calling you several times, asking you to come on the podcast, and you haven't responded." And George goes, "I haven't heard from Seth in three months." <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, what a guy. We're calling you out, George. Yeah. Come on. And here's the thing. He has a lot to offer. But enough about me and George. Back to me. Uh, Tony Clark <laughs> is a good friend. Um, we actually had adventures driving to Elko where we drove up there um, going a reasonable speed. <laughs> um, I didn't sleep, then preached three times in a row on like 10 shots of coffee. Tony was... Rubbing my shoulders and punching me in the liver saying, you got this. Like Mickey from Rocky. Um, Everybody needs a Mickey. Yeah, it, it was good. It was an interesting trip. Uh, Tony is back. He, he was nice enough to come here um, after a long day of work. Because we all work at places that crush our souls. Except Sean. <laughs> um, but yeah, good to see you. How you doing, Tony? Doing well. It's been a, uh, it's been kind of a cool couple months uh, since I've been gone. Got, went on a mission trip. Yeah, went on a plane for the first time um, out of the country. It was my first time on a plane. Yeah, a um, little traveling, so you should have eased it in a little bit. I I should have, but luckily I had a couple. Uh, is Pastor Craig, is that a sexual statement? I didn't mean that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna edit that. <laughs> don't don't edit that. Sean life Jehoshaphat. Advice. Life Moss. advice from Sean Moss. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good because uh, Tony gives us a straight dish. He's our he's our man who gives us straight dish, a dish, oh, hard just, dick, <laughs> straight dick. What is what is Iron he's Man? Say? Iron Man says to uh, Steve, he goes, "I think it's time for someone to give you the straight 
you know, you need some straight dick. It's like real. It's back in the day. They would say like, it means like real talk. And Steve Rogers goes, I think it is time. I think it is. And I go, what was wrong with you in the sixties? Marvel. It was sixties or seventies. But the point is Tony recently came to an epiphany. And by Tony, I mean me. And by epiphany, I mean, we want to invite him back on the show. Yeah. I'm curious. You went out of the country. Yeah. Can you say the country you went to? Honduras. And you went there to do what? Um, do so the wall? Went there with a group from no. uh, our church, the Reno Church, Reno Living Stones, Sparks Living Stones, and Elko Living Stones. What's up, Pastor Nate? Um, hey, Nate. <laughs> and uh, we went to Honduras specifically to obviously, you know, help the gospel move down there, um, but specifically to build uh, water wells, dig water wells. And so uh, 20 of us went, and we split up into two teams of 10. And 12 we, came back. <laughs> 12 came back. <laughs> uh, survival of the fittest. No, but we, So you did two different wells? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's yeah, two cool. different sites. Um, we all stayed together, like, like went back, same hotel type thing or whatever. wasn't a hotel, but... Uh, but then every morning we'd eat breakfast, pray, do a devotional, and then just go on our ways um, into these little villages, I guess. Well, where we went, it was a little village where they went. I, I want to say it was to a high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right on. And so you dug a well. Yeah. With shovels. Yep. The only modern piece of equipment we had was the drill rig itself. Fair enough. Shovels are for digging. Yeah. <laughs> I thought those were hitting people in the face. <laughs> yeah, I so um, it was quite the experience, you know, um, never being out of the country, you know, never traveling and then doing it all at once and going to a place where I could gain some perspective. Um, I, I didn't realize the perspective that I was going to gain because I'd always – I think you guys have talked about it before too, like the whole short-term missions, like is it worth it? Is it not like where, where do you fall on that? I think now coming back and actually having some time to think about it for a couple weeks, I'm definitely a fan of short-term mission. If the work that you're doing lasts past you. So yeah. you go there, you like we dug the well, the well could last for 20 to 30 years. They'll never probably remember us, but there's generations of family that will benefit from that clean water because they don't have clean water. Um, and so it just kind of changed my mind. I'm like, okay, it's not about me, but I can definitely get behind something where the work would last past me and help the people that you originally, you know, you went there yeah. to help, you know? I, I think it's all on um, what are motives. Like if you're saying, well, I want to see long-term people being saved planted you need you need a guy down there and preferably and this happened in china they had an article called is this the end of the white missionary in china and they saw it was more successful when someone discipled someone who was native to that country and they built a church now that's long-term mission i think short-term mission is okay if you have a specific goal and know what you're trying to accomplish like this like when i went to dubai it was we were going to watch the kids of the long-term missionaries so they could have a date night, do workshops, do devotionals for them, and even have them sit down with a pastor and minister souls, see where they were at. We went there going, we don't think we're going to change the whole country in a few weeks. We went there going, 
No, we have long-term people here and we're either supplementing that, supporting them, bringing them supplies, bringing them blessings or helping build them up and encourage them and have information to bring back and bring back awareness versus I'm going to go there for a day, say some stuff. And I expect this huge change. No, they were building the relationship. We were coming there to affirm support. And I think with you, it's kind of the right direction too. It's going, Hey, we weren't saying we were going to save the world. We're saying, Hey, we'll build these clean wells. We'll bring awareness. We have people down there permanently, like yep. corporate uh, organizations, developments, missionaries. They're doing that. But we're coming down to build on it, help them. And, and I mean, even if you went down and said, hey, we're coming down just for extra hands, just for this. Yeah. But we're coming alongside you. I think the issue comes when you have some college student who goes, I'm going to go for three days, do nothing, follow people around, take photos, post them on Instagram, go, man. I made such a difference. It was all for them, their ego versus you. It wasn't about you. That's why I think there's a place, but we need to really go, okay, what's our long-term thing? Yeah. What's really helping? And, and the idea of what Tabidi said for justice, justice is helping the right people in the right way to the right degree at the right time. So I think there's, I, I think the book, uh, when hurting helps, uh, that your cousin brought up, Sean, was talking about a lot of the more it's glamour. When helping more, hurts. Look, I'm doing. When yeah, when helping hurts. What what I say? <laughs> you said when hurting helps. <laughs> you know Which what? Would be a sweet, you know what the funny thing is? Which would be a sweet. Response. I'm already thinking when hurting helps. <laughs> sometimes you need to beat this. No, like, uh, and I think that's good. You define the terms because you do the well, but there's still long term missionaries down there. Mm-hmm. You're praying and you brought where. But we have to have that because not everyone does it. I have seen people do that. They went down for two days and go, oh, I feel like I know the culture. I'm like, oh, what language do they speak? They're like, I don't know, something from South America. Like, I, right. know, I had a taco. I fell asleep. And then I got back on the plane and hit on this girl from YWAM. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the same as Mexican. We built they a, speak Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> versus we built like we built a house. Mm-hmm. We prayed for him. We brought supplies. Like my dad did a short-term mission trip, and oh, I can't say a country. He was smuggling in Bibles. Oh. So they had a long-term missionary station there or a pastor, but he was smuggling in Bibles. So, so he was a supplement yeah. or a help and then came back, and it did. And he didn't take resources from the guy there. He didn't you know, hinder him, and he wasn't post on Instagram because he gets shot in the face. He was just this crazy Dutch dude on donkey hauling ass, literally. Um <laughs> But I, I think you have a good perspective on it. Um, this isn't what I want to talk about, but I think he has a good perspective on it. So, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree because I did a similar short-term mission trip to Guatemala. Right. In 20 years, if somebody were to come up to me and say, hey, definitively, there were no people there that became Christians because you dug this well. I do feel like I could still say, but did people have fresh water that didn't before? And, Still helping human flourishing. And so. yeah, they, and they were dignified in a way that they weren't from their local government or municipality. And they said, yes, I'd say, you know, I think it was still successful. Right. Especially considering that all the money that was raised was, you know, by me and my church. And we, like you I said, I gave you 50 cents. We're not, we Gosh. weren't, we weren't 
uh, taking from local resources to do this. We weren't trying to make ourselves famous by manipulating or exploiting people. Right. We actually raised money to go down there, and we provided people fresh water. And that is successful, albeit from a Christian mindset, I wish that people became Christians. Of course. And actually, in Latin American countries, uh, a lot of people are already defaulting to like a Catholic mindset. Sure. And so it's not a huge leap for them to understand like the mercy of Christ. Right. Or uh, the love of Christ through people coming in and doing stuff. So I do feel like it's a success, even if somebody were to say that 20 years from now, theoretically, which would never happen, obviously. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. I have a question for you guys. We were talking earlier before the podcast started about... There's a skull discovering. Yeah, right? My wife got me that snifter. Snifter. (laughs) 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 So... uh, we were talking about kind of maturity, maybe mm-hmm. spiritual maturity or intellectual maturity. And um, a major aspect of that seems to be, we're all assuming that we're kind of mature, but we so. would all say that the more mature we got, I feel like the more humility we were able to show or I'm the more we humble. were able yeah. to be, the more we will... <laughs> We're able to stop saving face and start caring about souls and stuff like that. Where I am right now Mm -hmm. is I'm starting to realize because of my mentality and the way I hate everybody and constantly (laughs) want to offend people. (laughs) Laying my rights down is not even having to question their motives. Does that make sense? Okay. If they're a brother in Christ, I say, I'll take the Facebook post Love down. Love does hope the best. And I'm just then, to be fair, just to play advocate. I and just... then at some point, maybe I can discuss it with them. Right. But the first thing I do is assume the best of them, give them charity. Right. Which that is, is my your default. default. <laughs> and, then I, uh, and then I do that. And so... And that's hard for me. That's a challenge for me because, like you said, I have all these logical reasons why that shouldn't be the case. But right. I still, I still, I think for me, I need to do that first and then come back and ask questions why, as opposed to force them to prove why I should take down a Facebook post right. first. And so, and that's just me. But like the interesting thing no, is, for everyone me, has to follow that because that's your opinion. <laughs> I do feel like um, there's different people that have a different capacity, not only for intellect, but just for, you know, rhetoric. And they could say, oh, yeah, I think it's, you know what, before I do it, before I have action, I want to have discussion. But I just don't think that works for me because I can discuss my way out of anything. And I can also justify my way to myself out of anything. And so... Uh, for me, the discipline is I need to act before I discuss. And then I could always put the post back up if the discussion proves poorly. You know, I think sometimes, like in a situation like that, sometimes not taking the post down mm-hmm. and allowing people to see the maturity in your change of mind in the process. Yeah. Right? Because that's what you're saying. You, you, right. you're, you're not saying that like I no, did that absolutely. with abortion post actually yeah well, I, I had a guy go actually some of that information you portrayed was and here's the thing 
the information I portrayed supported pro-life, but it was false. Okay. It actually was. And I went, dang it. If I take, if I say I was wrong, I'm not supporting my pro-life position, but it was false. It proved inaccurate. And you know what's funny? Some of my friends who are non-Christian later said, I actually read more of your stuff when you took it down because I saw that you really did care about truth and actually made me question. I went, wow. But I, I, I actually put an apology thing. I said, Hey, the last post, it actually turned out that guy was lying. Yeah. And here's the thing. People think it's win at all costs. It's not just ends justify the means. Sure. Um, it's how the means, it's how you get there too. Like King David, he could have said, well, I'm going to be King anyway. I'm going to kill Saul. He was right next to him. And yet he felt this conviction of, no, I can't kill the God's anointed. And he could have though said, and it's just for me. Who cares? All that matters is the results. I'm pro-life. It needs to win. But God was like, no, it's not just that you become king. It's that you become king. How I say, when I say, and the type of king I want you to be versus no, I'm supposed to be king. And that's why I think we sometimes lose is, it's, no, we have to win. Think of this, and this is the dangerous part. If you say, we have to be pro-life at all costs, fine. I'm going to blow up an abortion clinic. Well, you can't, because it's not just the ends. It's how people, it, says, it doesn't say people will know we are from Christ by our results. It says, by how we love each other. Yeah. It says the grace of these is love. Mm. And there are guys who have taken it to the extreme and said, we need to end this. I'm blowing up an abortion clinic. And no joke, that was their logic. So... It's this, here's the thing though. We're discussing this logically. We're using discernment. We're assuming the best of each other. What if that's what we did on, in other discussions? Instead of saying, no, 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 this is what you say. No, I, I totally agree with the theory of don't give an argument to the other side they wouldn't even like, um, uh, admit to. Where the other side goes, that's not even the argument I make. Tim Keller went, make their argument so clear that they go, you actually said it better than I could have. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally own. And subscribe to that. I would affirm that, yeah, that's, I, I will own that. That's the argument I'm making versus them going, I'm not even saying that point. So I don't even care. And here's the thing I've noticed relationally, because people forget this. If someone in an argument thinks you believe they're a moron or you're disrespecting them, they, they check out so quick. Mm-hmm. If they go, you just called me stupid. You called me an idiot. I, I'm already out of the conversation. Right. And you go, ha, I won. And you lost the person. You didn't. I just think they're nuanced discernment. Just we've talked about this. You just yeah. talking like you and I have had discussion, but it was face to face. You can hear the tone. You can see their face where you go. You know what? Maybe I need to read that. Cause I've asked before I go, did you research this? And they say, yeah, I, I read these guys. I go, those are all the guys that formulated the argument. You said, no, no, no. Did you read the argument against? Well, I don't need to. These guys made a good point. I'm like, and I get that brother. What about the other side? They go, well, this side says this. I go, no, that's actually not their argument. Right. And he was surprised where I went, not just what your side is saying is their argument. No, the best of the best. I like to actually pick who they say, all right, this is our guy. This is our scholar. This is the guy we want representing our point. Like, I want to hear their best argument of, no, this is like our Tim Keller. This is our John Piper. Like, no, no, this is our Eric Mason of here, here. This is the best defensive. Good. Not why well, I found this trucker on the side of the road. Cause Bill Maher does this of this trucker couldn't even defend it. Gosh, I owned him. Yeah. So what you're punching down. I want to hear like, now what is your Tim Kelly, your main dude of like, he can defend this. And I hear it and go, 
oh, it still didn't change my opinion. And I heard the best of your best. First, I've seen people do that. They'll pick a guy who they go, oh, I could destroy him. Exactly. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go argue with Maverick and go, dude, Maverick couldn't defend a millennialism. Oh, I owned him. Yeah, he's five. Versus no, like, um, like if you want a dispensational argument, uh, MacArthur's there, dude. If you want an A mill, you're probably gonna go one of the uh, some of the Gospel Coalition guys. If you want a post mill, it's probably gonna be a Presbyterian guy, some right. of the OPC. Get the best, because then you can go. All right, I'll weigh your arguments. I'll. Re- I don't know. I just it's so hard, man. You know us. You lose so much on the internet. Email. You can't see my face when you're talking. You know, reading the email. You can't. Well, <clears throat> and not only like email, social media. The, the part I think the part that sucks about it the most is when you get into a confrontational discussion like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, people don't give you the chance to think about what you're getting ready to say. No. They they want to attack. They want to they want to they want to come at you. And then if you take like five minutes to formulate a response, oh, see, oh, yeah, now you're not going to respond, this and that. You know, I'm trying to engage a conversation with you. Well, yeah, I'm trying to take a moment to figure out what I'm thinking. Because just like fighting, for instance, fighting only works when there's actual boundaries. Weight for, classes, yeah. Right? You have to have weight classes. You have to have strategy. You have to have res- – even though you're in the fight to win and put the other guy down, there is a respect that you actually have for that other person. That's why you're not breaking the rules. Yeah. Right? So, same thing when it comes to discussion. If you're going to have a debate with somebody, there has to be intentionality. There has to be time yes. for response, time for repentance. Maybe even time for somebody to be like, you know what? You're right. I didn't see that before. I didn't think about that. Thank you for bringing that up. But that's what social media takes away. See, you, we all live in an interesting time because we lived before social media. So we know how to talk. <laughs> so we know how to talk and we remember having conversations with people face to face and having a, a legitimate debate. Looking at body language, looking at repentance, maybe even re- revisiting the conversation a day later yeah. when the person's had a chance to think about it. But you can't do that on, on places like social media or, or email or whatever. There are some guys who I've noticed my family, they didn't. Here's the thing. The guy who won the argument didn't win because his facts were better or he necessarily was right. He was better at arguing. Sure. He would go like a bulldozer. Boom, 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 boom. And the other person's personality was they needed time to process mm-hmm. and reflect. And went, well, I won. No, you're just better at arguing. You're better at presentation and charisma. But then my, no joke, I have a family member who would come back a week later and go, hey, I had time to research and think. Half your facts are wrong. Boom, boom, boom. And in two seconds, he won. And the other family member went, oh. But it was, well, I can do that. Dude, I could do that with my wife. I could yell till she gets flustered and go, well, I won the argument. No, I, I browbeat her till she shut up. Yeah. It's not, I, I just, it needs to be level playing field. Yeah, exactly what I was saying in that Facebook post. It took me time to really critically think about what Seth was saying and not assume the worst about him, which I usually do. I think He's everybody does. such a son of a... Look at him. The hardest thing for me to humble myself in and admit is ways... That I have been manipulated or taken advantage of or scammed or something like that. You know sure. what I mean? So it's like, uh, I don't know. Whenever somebody says, oh my gosh, you know, this uh, pyramid scheme, I was a part of it. I'd be like, well, 
I'm more intelligent than that. I would never be a part of a pyramid scheme or whatever or something like that. And I realized about myself recently that it is so hard to admit when I have had those experiences because of my pride. And so I want to talk about one of those experiences I've had and also invite you guys to for the sake of your soul so that your pride can be abolished and that you can be um, humbled on air (laughs) on a podcast that almost nine people listen to. So this one time, this is kind of the tales from the ditch as well. Okay. I was going to ask if we had a tale from the ditch. Listeners have been pining for it. So here's my tale from the ditch. And this was after the ditch days and doesn't have to do with the ditch, but it's a tale from my life. (laughs) When, uh, after I got married, as a matter of fact, and I came back, uh, so I got married. We immediately went to Bible school, back to Reno from Bible school, moved into a kind of a slummy apartment, slummy part of town. I was disillusioned with my entire life. And you always hear, and at the time, rich dad, poor dad came out. Do you guys remember that? And so everybody in the church was saying, you need to read this book because it's so good. And so I read it. And it's all about improving your life through, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't even know what it's about. But it's about being clever and being able to invest money cleverly so that you make more money. <laughs> and I still don't know what the goal of that book was. But uh, this job opportunity came up. This person called me and they said, hey, w- we were referred to you from Nick Hubble. <laughs> Who I hadn't talked to in at least 10, 20, 15 years. Uh, A kid that Seth and I went to elementary school with. And they said, hey, Nick Hubble gave us your name and number, which I don't even know. Oh, wait, no. Nick Hubble was the one who gave us the possible record deal. That's how he had my number, huh? I think that's I totally forgot about that. Okay, never mind. Anyway, so maybe five years previous, I had seen this kid, Nick Hubble. He gave out my phone number to this employer and they said hey we have been looking over your public profile and we've seen all the things that you've done for many years and we're really impressed with you and we want to meet up with you and give you a possible opportunity and I was like oh my gosh this is an answer to prayer I'm finally rich dadding poor dadding and I have this opportunity and God's gonna give me prosperity And so I said, yeah, man, I'll meet up with you guys. And he goes, all right, we're going to, how about, uh, we're from out of town. We like work in New York and LA, but we're going to meet you at, uh, somewhere that's good for you. What's a good place that you can meet? And I was like, I don't know, like, uh, you want to meet at a restaurant or a coffee shop or a business place? And they were like, Ooh, coffee shop. That's perfect. Let's meet at a Starbucks. And I was like, okay. And so we meet at this Starbucks. And these two dudes, dressed to the nines, driving Corvettes, pull up and get out and meet me at the coffee shop. And I'm like, oh, dang. And we sit down, and they have this big binder. And they go, all right, we're looking for the best of the best. And I was like, that's clearly me, right? (laughs) And they go, and we before we even talk about anything, we just want to show you what our company's about. And they flip through this binder and they show me, oh, CEO, mansion, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, blah, 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 pool, CFO, this, that, this, that. They go, 
see that Corvette out there in the parking lot? Uh, that's mine. You know, I've only been here four months and I got that Corvette. And the other guy goes, oh, yeah, you see that Corvette in the parking lot? That's the crappy one that I don't like driving. But I drove it here because the other ones are in the shop to get super cool pinstriping or something like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. I was like, this is my chance. This is my chance to be the rich dad. And I said, and I was immediately like, well, I'm ready to sign on. And they're like, well, hold on. Like, let's just, you know, we like your eagerness, but let's just go through all of this stuff. And they go, here's how our company works. And it, and they basically explained 100% a pyramid scheme to me. <laughs> but they go, and they said at the end, they go, now, a lot of people have said this sounds like a pyramid scheme, but here's how it's different than a pyramid scheme. Blah, 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 blah. And it didn't even matter because I was like in because I saw the Corvettes, right? And I don't even like cars, but I just was like money. Yes. Think, think of the guacamole that I could buy with that money. And so they said, here's the thing. In order to get started, we have to review your portfolio and put together a package to be able to submit to the company so that you can get hired and you will get hired to put this portfolio together. It's like 250 bucks. And I was like, all right, man. I was like, I don't have 250 bucks, but I can come up with it by the end of the week. And they're like, we really need it today. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't have it. I got to go get it. Yeah. I got to go mow some lawns or do something. And they're like, no, they're like, we thought, you know, you were this power player, but maybe not. Maybe we need to go wow. do something else. And I was like, well, just hold on one second. And I'm like calling people, trying to get money and this and that. And I was like, all right, I can come up with 200 bucks, But the last 50, it's a couple days out. And they were like, all right. And they were like, hey, there's actually, there happens to be this bank right over here. Let's just go do this right now and get it taken care of so we don't have to worry. And I was like, how convenient. <laughs> wow, there's a bank. And we did it. I never heard from those guys again. Oh. And it's so crazy because, first of all, I wonder, like, how do you rent a Corvette and you're only making 200 bucks every hour or a couple hours? That's super crazy. But also, it's like, how how many people have fallen for this? Like I felt like the biggest moron, but at the same time, I felt like there's so much injustice in the world. Like there needs to be a group of people who like prevents this type of thing. And the exact same thing's happening today, but now it's like all digital, you know, people are calling your grandparents and saying, Oh, Tony got in an accident. We need 500 bucks. But it's so frustrating to know you gotten scammed (laughs) or that you've been manipulated And it's so embarrassing that for years and years and years, I would not admit that that ever happened, you know, but now I feel like I'm comfortable enough with myself to say that happened. So my question is, tail from the ditch, have you guys ever been scammed, exploited or manipulated before? Wow. And this takes a lot of humility to actually admit. Tony, go first, because I have one. (laughs) Tony, go first. (laughs) I think you need to go first. I don't... Uh. I don't um, know. And maybe you haven't because you're better than us. It's possible. I think I'm going to say that I haven't. And it's definitely not because I'm better. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's because I'm cheap. So 
growing up with no money, when I finally got the ability to be able to work, go to a job, nine to five, whatever, um, I've always been the don't gabble, work overtime. You know what I mean? Um, so I've just been so afraid that that's more, it's not because I'm better. I'm just afraid to like spend money, to spend money, to gamble on a chance. Like, well, I could do this pyramid scheme or I could just not spend my money and still have it. And that's just basically, well, it doesn't even have to be financial though. Like, has ever have you ever been taken for a ride, and you realized in the end none of it was true or it was a scam or something like that? But another example is, I think anybody who's joined a gym has been part of a scam, essentially. Especially if it's more than ten dollars a month. So I think that's a fair assessment. I I'm saying like a like a fitness center, not a not a gym that actually teaches a talent or skill, but like somewhere where they're like, oh, we have this big warehouse essentially with a couple of machines, and we're going to charge you this, and if you want to cancel your membership, you can't, and so you're screwed for three years or whatever. Or have you ever bought into a gang mentality? This is what I was thinking with Seth. And I'm not saying necessarily straight edge, but certain groups say, hey, we can promise you this type of brotherhood and this type of fulfillment. And it never happens. And they were using you the whole time or something like that. And then they all roll on you and the Boston PD comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Seth, it sounds like maybe you should go while Tony thinks about it. But I understand your cheapness because ever since that, I am cheap as hell, and I won't spend money on anything. And when my wife wanted to get a cup from Beachbody, I was like, somehow this contributes They're to a pyramid expensive. scheme. <laughs> yeah, and and like uh, I can honestly say, there's even scams out there that are positive and do great things for people, but they are still scams, and there's no better way to categorize them. So, Seth, if you're done uh, emailing. No, I was writing liturgy for a wedding I'm doing. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's the big one where when I was in a crew, I think I really bought into the philosophy and realized later that they just had some of the same struggles as me and that it really was, um, I don't know, It re- even if it was unintentional, um, we were all preying on each other's, you know, anger and pain and the same desires we had to be affirmed and loved and accepted. Um, but, uh, I actually, um, so so here's a simple one. Our friend Logan, who's been on the show, tricked me into thinking he had cancer. So, (laughs) wow. (laughs) So he posted this serious thing about he had cancer and everyone's making jokes about it. And I got so defensive. Like, how dare you? He has cancer. He's our friend. We should back him up. We should love him. And I was getting so angry. Like, I was going on a rant. Like, this is so unloving. And he comes on later and goes, hey, I was just joking. I don't really have cancer. Seth, I'm sorry you got so heated about that. But I was like, yeah, sorry I got heated about you dying. And having cancer. Sorry I had your back. I didn't even know what Google was back then, so I couldn't even check. I just 
So I got tricked into thinking, ha ha ha, that my friend had cancer and got defensive about it. And that was Logan Needham, who has been on the show. Logan Needham. And I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And it's almost as embarrassing as joining a gang for the wrong reasons. Boy, was my face red. Because I thought he had cancer and was dying. So someone else, please go. Because that made me so angry. Cancer. I forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I never forgave and I never forget. You're like an elephant. <laughs> yeah, like an You're... elephant. Speaking I never which, forget to kill. Seth, no longer the elephant in the room. Yeah. Seth, how much have you lost? I've lost 34 pounds. All out of spite. Wow. All, I, Yeah, it was just out of spite. It was just a, someone made a comment about it. I said, I'm going to get healthy out of spite towards you. <laughs> Oh, so frustrating. And then once they see that I prove them wrong, I'm going to put back on the weight also, Spite. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh, no. I mean, it's for my kids. <laughs> Hashtag parenting. want to live long. Yeah. Who hasn't gone yet? Who hasn't said when they got taken in? Tony. Does it rhyme with Boney? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Baloney. Tony, you got something? Or are you just... Rhymes with Brony. Are you just going to pull Ryan Smith here? I actually don't have anything for the whole... He's all... I've never been fooled by anything. <laughs> no, that's... I, Racist. Well, I think there's a point, too, where you almost got to be willing to take a chance, right? It's. I think That's people, what Rich Dad says. Yeah, it's... I think people associate people wanting to buy into something to make money with just being ignorant, but there's a point where maybe <laughs> you're just in a spot in life where you're like, look... I have nothing. I'm trying to make things happen. Here's this chance. Maybe it could be the chance. Maybe this could be it. Like maybe it could finally help me, my family. It's going to be it. But I've, I don't know. I've never had that moment. Hmm. I've never been presented with that. He's like, I'm not a big dumb dumb guy. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's well, what he said. Aren't you, Mister Fancy Pants? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, we get it, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're a bunch of stupid simpletons. Okay, here's an example. Huh. Have you ever seen The Village? Yeah. Were you fooled by Were that, you, Tony? Yeah, exactly. too cool that, that movie. That, don't yeah. even get me started on that movie. I was robbed because that movie was so awesome at first. Yeah, it was great. Like I bought into it. I was like, "This is great. This is so good." And then. At the end. At the end. It's just a costume. (laughs) Spoiler. It's only been out 15 years. Yeah, I'm sorry. If that's a spoiler alert for you, good Well, someone has been scammed how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) So, yeah. There you go. There's my scam. (laughs) I enjoy the first half of that movie, just not the second half. There's still... I'm still so entertained by that movie. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, you guys. (laughs) I'm like... But you it was you now. It. It's now. It's now. My it's friend, happening right now. My friend yelled that after the movie ended sarcastically, <laughs> and no one appreciated it. I love that. Yeah, movie. That, it was great. That was good. It was ruined. <laughs> so, what ruined it about you? Was it that you got taken in and scammed? You got fooled. I think I had some. I expected you something emotionally. Yeah, and I was ready for this. Demon I don't know, this, fight with the monsters. This in the moment, 
right? You know, you're ready. Where the blind girl pulls out the sword of fire and then gets the ring. Yeah, you know. find out she's not blind. She's been lying the whole time. No, I'm kidding. I'm blind. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I That's guess my I was... character trait. I don't need to be developed. I'm just blind. They're like, oh, continue. Yeah. So I and I know. slap people with mental disabilities. That's what <laughs> I got from that. God. Yeah. Yeah. I was just expecting something so much more, and it was just that was it, and it was so disappointing. Okay. Well, I don't want to say I wish you get scammed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you kind of. Damn it! I vo- I like am so vulnerable and open myself up, but it, have you ever been scammed by those ones? Like it's like it always says it's like from Persia or something. It's like, oh, I have this money. The Would Nigerian you like to? Jo- yeah. Would you like to join in the scam? Yes, please. And you're like, and if you reply, it's fine. It gets even worse. It's like. There is, uh, was it? There is million dollar waiting at time. Why? Why you wait? Just join in, don't you? And you're like, okay, here's my email. They go, good, sounding great. Plan is nice. We doing this, <laughs> getting closer every day. And I'm like, come on, Nigerian prince, you got pull. You know I'm, what? I'm I, banking. I on do this. remember those emails though. You know what I got scammed on? Actually, was uh, Star Wars fan film, American, <laughs> the Obi One oh, film. Yeah. I was all. Yes, they're finally doing an Obi-Wan film, and it's not even true. Oh, I posted um, a trailer for um, Civil War, and it was a fake. Oh, yeah. Because it looked so good. People go, this isn't the real one. You didn't get the scoop. I said, blocked. (laughs) I'm like, don't correct me. (laughs) Stupid. Stupid.